what is public relations and why does your organisation need it? Welcome to PR Matters, where you'll learn all there is to know from PRs at the top of their game. Join me, Beverly Walkden, your host each Monday afternoon, from exploring how to plan, pitch and commission great PR and marketing, we'll take you on a journey of discussion, discovery and dreams. We'll also be joined from time to time by guests working for big brands to give you, our audience, an insight into the true art of successful PR and marketing. Hello and welcome to Series 1, Episode 3 of PR Matters, powered by Steel Public Relations and Recruitment. We're delighted you can join us. I'm here with Paul Patton, a very valued Steel associate, and I'm your host, Beverly Walkden. Hi, Paul. Just to say we've known each other for more than 20 years and we've both worked in PR for nearly as long. PR disasters, that's what we're talking about today. They're just parts and parcel of public life, aren't they? Yeah, and it's something that I think anyone who, who works in, in communication very early on in your, in your career, often some of the big stuff that you've got to handle are when things go wrong. And when I say things can go wrong, they can go hugely wrong. So, yeah. yeah. It's uh, quite a worrying time, especially if you've got limited experience and you're being asked to <clears throat> manage a crisis, a PR crisis, but we'll we'll move on to that now. So just sort of from your wealth of experience, if you could sum up a PR disaster, what springs to mind first and foremost? Well, I gave this some thought and, you know, we, we have PR disasters coming up on a regular um, basis, but I think that the textbook PR disaster that springs to mind was something that I learned at university was the case of Gerald Ratner and his uh, really it was a national jewellery chain um, and it was back in 1991 and this guy Gerald Ratner was an incredibly successful entrepreneur businessman and he had built up this uh, jewellery empire and it was essentially, um, you'd, you'd get a Ratner's re really on every high street in every shopping centre, the length and breadth of, of the UK. Um, and it was a place where, you know, you could get cheap jewellery. Um, they didn't trade on being cheap. They traded on being affordable. And um, it was a very, very well-known and established brand. But unfortunately, um, Gerald Ratner was invited to attend a conference and give a keynote speech. And um, his speech went really, really well, but he then, like a lot of people, they want to get a few laughs near the end. And he, and he, and he made a very um, sort of off the cuff remark about his products. And it went down in history when he basically said at the end of his speech that essentially the product that he sold in, in the hundreds of shops across the country, it was total crap. <laughs> so you can imagine, you know, what the executives in the business thought, oh my God, he's letting the cat out of the bag here. And of course, the lead story the following day was was it, it just made the headlines. It was across 
all the, the the news media and what have you and um the share price of the of the company just hit the floor and i think it wow. you know he lost half a billion pounds and i think it's just a an example of how careful you have to be when you go out and talk about your your product um even if you're trying to get some laughs just yeah. you know think carefully before you put your mouth into operation yeah absolutely those cheap laughs really did cost the company quite a lot in the end so uh, a good case study there um and that's how not to do it um, um yeah. one, one that springs to mind for me paul was the P&O ferries uh, debacle i don't know whether you remember oh, yeah. that so this was just briefly, they laid off 800 workers and replaced them with cheaper agency staff. But that, of course, was a huge cost to their brand. It's probably yeah. one of the worst examples of how to treat employers, um, mm. sorry, employees. And if you remember, in a matter of hours, the company uh, became a, a really great um, case study, if you like, on how not to handle a tricky situation. So what they did was they issued a three minute video to their staff because they were in multiple locations. And um, this video basically um, told them that they were um, sacked with immediate effect. Um, so it was um, really badly handled um, and um, it was just horrendous really. Um, you know, the, the, the of course, P&O Cruises, which is not related to P&O Ferries, also came off badly bruised from that as well mm. because it was such a PR disaster uh, because, of course, the, the link with the name. Protesters got involved, the government got involved, and you'll know as well as I do, Paul, that there's an old adage in PR, you can't communicate your way out of a crisis when you behaved your way into it um so and i think, I think is, it's a good it's a good story of also just you don't treat people like that and i think it's um it, it's a classic example of of a plan that has just been rushed through with really no thought no thought for how people are going to feel um how the media are going to to react and also i mean really if you go if you're going to treat people like that how are you going to sort of attract talent in the future or with the remaining workforce how are you going to squeeze any goodwill out of those individuals yeah so it was massive massively damaging to them um mm. you know that as you say treating people um, the right way is so important and that's you know one of the PR strongest principles really is that you have to be honest but and, what fair. They, and fair as well of course that and you yeah. have to apologize when things go wrong but just just as an aside they didn't even have a, a PR strategy a social media no. PR strategy at all and um, you know there was a huge campaign to boycott uh, P&O ferries which they couldn't respond to so um, anyway moving on swiftly just yeah. in light of those uh, really useful case studies what would be your top tips if a company or a person does find themselves in hot water I think you've got to keep it really simple um, so from my experience 
um, there's there's the classic three R's. Number one, the first R really is readiness. So first off, always be prepared. All most of the organisations I've been I've worked with over the last um, couple of decades you normally would have a day set aside each year to plan and have like a dress rehearsal really for, for a situation, an emergency situation. And you go through that with your executives and your key people. So everyone knows what to do in case there's a, a, a disaster. The second R would be response. How are you going to prepare? Have you got some responses prepared? Um, just key statements that can, like templates that you can just pull out the drawer and can be adapted depending on what the disaster is. And thirdly, the third R would be recovery. How do we recover from this disaster? So what, what, what things are we going to put in place that steer us on the course of recovery. Yeah, great. Great. I think I think just to keep mine succinct, because you've just, you know, you've really hit the nail on the head there with how you have to pre prepare. But I guess some of the um some of the points that I'd I'd, I'd sort of raise with a client is that you have to take responsibility. Um you do. by taking responsibility, you have to you, you have to explain what you know what what actually has happened you have to control that narrative and not let speculation uh, seep in because um, lots will um, and really to, to control the narrative you've got to understand the situation so you'll you could be a corporate that's got lots and lots of staff you know so you you really need to speak to the right people within your organization and get um, of course, you're dealing with perceptions as well. You have to understand the situation and be fair and honest about it. And, you know, you want to be responding. Um, you don't want to be reacting. You don't want to be on the back foot reacting all the time and responding to allegations, um, you know, uh, false stories, that sort of thing. So it's really getting ahead of the story and simply... Apologize and take, um, you know, take the right action, um, and show people how you're going to take uh, the right action. Um, and I think, you know, those those are the key points for me. And I think just to add to that, Beverly, I think one of the most important things that you need to do is to have a defined key media spokesperson. It's not necessarily the comms person, but it could be a member of the executive team or the managing director, for example, who has been trained or has the competence uh, to stand in front of the media and explain in a succinct way what's going on. Um, not everyone has that ability. Um, but a lot of people have the ability have have the ability, but they need to be trained in how to actually um, explain the story or the 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 response to the media. So I think just to add to what you you were saying, I think having uh, an articulate, uh, well trained uh, spokesperson who who you can put forward and front 
I think is critical often in the, in these circumstances. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. So just quickly before we run out of time, Paul, um, so you accompany an organisation, um, a brand of any description. You've had a PR disaster. Just very quickly, how do you go about building your brand once again? What are your thoughts there? I think it goes back to some of the things that you, you talked about earlier, and it's really about being authentic, uh, not beating around the bush, not trying to dress up something that isn't quite true. From my experience, it's better to be honest, because if you don't, ultimately, the, the truth will come out at some point. Um, uh, and that's either through one of the people working in the company or journalists discovering something along the way. I would just say, look, uh, when, when, you, when you talk about the, the disaster, just be upfront and honest. That would be my, my number one piece of advice. Yeah, I'd absolutely agree there. Sometimes it's the lie that brings you down and not actually uh, what happened in the first Correct. place. It can make things just much, much worse. So staying um, on message, those key messages um, that, you know, are based on truth, um, honesty, integrity. And, you know, we are all human, aren't we? We all make mistakes. Um, and, you know, the most forgiving public will respond positively to somebody who holds the hand up and says, I made a mistake, um, you know, and I know it's a mistake. I know it was wrong, um, you know, and this is what I'm going to do to correct it. So I think we can pretty much um, leave it there. Um, and I think we've covered it pretty well. Thank you to Paul Patton, a very valued and talented Steel PR associate. I'll see you next week for more PR Matters powered by Steel Public Relations and Recruitment. You've been listening to PR Matters powered by Steel Public Relations and Recruitment. You can find us at www.steelpublicrelations.co.uk. Join us next Monday afternoon when we'll be delving deeper into the world of PR and marketing. For more information, click on the links in the description.